a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. In this episode of The Wellness Collective, we chat with Georgie, anxiety coach and nutritionist, and explore why everybody actually experiences anxiety, why you can't judge anybody right now, how we start to look into the future in these uncertain times. She shares tips on how to get out of an anxiety funk and why adapting is absolutely key and how we can start to have healthy boundaries around social media. All this and so much more. Cecilia. Hello. How are you? I'm good. We have had a bit of an interesting morning. Oh, look, I like I like to <laughs> divulge a little bit of behind the scenes, as do you, probably more oh, so. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, we had our guests not show up. <laughs> yeah. And so we, how lucky are we that we actually have this network of people that uh-huh. we do know yep. that when the stars align, yep. you open up Instagram, you're like, first person I'm going to see on here that's a, that can come on. Yep. <laughs> And what an amazing, well, it's amazing actually because there's a couple of things that you and I have wanted to talk about for quite a while and Uh really hadn't um, set aside time to find a guest for that. We've been, you know, we've had other guests. Sometimes we find the topic and then we need the person to talk about the topic. Yeah. And sometimes people come to us and ask to be on the show and Mm -hmm. that's just, you know, that's the nature of how we find our guests. But we've been wanting to talk about sensory overload and Mm -hmm. and, and stress and anxiety on that like, whoa, um, for a while. And... I think it's fair to say that, especially for many mums at the moment, this whole idea of sensory overload is like, turn the television down, I can't think. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're driving in the car and you have to turn the music down because you can't concentrate. But what is that? It's like, well, hang on. Mm -hmm. It's because your brain is dealing with all of the things. I have actually noticed too because, of course, your senses are not just ears. That's the one that comes to mind. Right. But... um, Smell as well. I don't know about you, but my sense of smell is heightened. Every time I open the bin, I'm like, oh, that is really, really awful. And we're emptying the bin as often as we did before. I think it's me. I have a really strong sense of smell anyway. Oh, yeah, you can smell all kinds of things. We're going to get you a job at the airport if this (laughs) all else fails. I can can become a sniffer dog, a professional sniffer human. Absolutely. Well, we did find an amazing guest. We did. Come on today. Mm-hmm. to talk about all of this and more. Um, Georgie, thank you so much for joining us. Maybe let our listeners know exactly who you are and what you do. Yes. Oh, my God. It's such a pleasure to be here. And I love the spontaneity of this. Um, I am an anxiety mindset coach, gut health expert and nutritionist. So I pe- help people manage their anxiety, move to a place where anxiety is not taking over your life and you've got all of these tools so that you uh, are not as sensitized to the environment around you. You know, we've got all these triggers in our lives that can bring on anxiety and some of us are are more sensitive to those triggers than others. And there's ways we can build our resilience by looking after our, uh, balancing our hormones, looking after our gut health, ensuring our brain has adequate nutrition that it needs so that then you can actually, you know, manage your thoughts and your beliefs and your reactions and your responses to the world. So I I find so often when dealing with anxiety, it's like, oh, just go sit down and meditate. But for a lot of people, that's really hard to do when you're in the state of anxiety where your brain's moving at a million miles an hour. So I like to help people get to a place where 
if all the systems physiologically are working really well, so then we can do that stuff and we can come at it from um, a much a much more gr- easily grounded um, state. I think that that's really important too because it can feel very overwhelming when you actually do realise that you are operating mm. out of a place of anxiety and, and heightened emotions. Sometimes it can take a while to realise that's, that's what's what I'm really saying. going on. Yeah. But yeah. What's very interesting at that point, it can, and I'd love to hear what you think about this, but what I find with patients is there's no way in that moment that they're going to start with anxiety being the first thing that they deal with. When you can start to work on physiologically how the body's working, as you said, gut function, nutrition, um, and just focusing on some of those other little things, when you can have enough little things, they add up to being something yeah. bigger. And then you're in this place where you can actually start to address your emotions. But mm-hmm. I find it's not, we we often think that's the first thing that we need to address when actually maybe we have to address what I call the back end, everything else first. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, would you have something to add to that? Or so, do you yeah, agree? I love that. And well, I think with anxiety, it's all about when we're in an anxious state, because everyone experiences anxiety. I see these statistics sometimes that say, you know, one in four Australians will experience anxiety at some point in their life. And I'm like, come on, like, I don't know where they pull those statistics from, but everyone like anxiety is a normal emotion that we we all feel um but in terms of uh how we feel when we're when we're in a state of anxiety we want control it's all about control and often we feel that the anxiety has got control of us and we don't have that so when we can do something tangible like looking after the gut health um, starting to, you have an action plan to rebalance your hormones um, to, you know, you've got a bit of control over, okay, I'm going to choose, I'm going to make some more nutritious choices with my food. And there's various ways that you can um, use our nutrition to better manage that anxiety. Then I think it's so much easier for people to get their heads around. Does it work the other way as well? If you're feeling anxious, does it mean that your body is more sensitive to things? As in like last night I had a glass of wine, one glass of wine, and then I sneezed for about three hours afterwards and I'm sure it was the histamines in the wine that brought on this sneezing. And I thought that's so strange. But I think I was just that little bit more sensitive and I wondered if that, if I I was on the right track. I find that when I get fixated on something, so, you know, for example, I know I in public at the moment it's not really appropriate to cough. So the more I tell myself I can't Don't cough, cough you have the more cough. I actually need to cough to the point where I had choked the other day. Where was it in here? I think it was here. I could not stop. <laughs> now the same thing. I've got a tissue in my hand because all of a sudden it's not appropriate to have a runny nose and I'm not sick, but now my nose is running and then we're on camera and I'm like got shoving tissues up my nose. So, I guess that's the same thing as like when you go on a diet and it's like, I can't have any sugar, I can't have any chocolate. And it's like, all you want is sugar and chocolate, you know? <laughs> so I think it's that same mentality when we make it a taboo or something you can't do. It, you, It's like saying, don't think of a purple cat, don't think of a purple cat, don't think of a purple cat. What are you going to think of? <laughs> you know? But I think that that's but exactly what's going, happening, right? Yeah. But going back to the, the wine and being more sensitive to it. Um, so when we feel anxiety, when we're triggered and that, that anxiety sensation comes over our body where our adrenal glands are releasing adrenaline and cortisol, so our stress hormones. And that's, you can feel it, right? You can feel that low buzzing kind of sensation that most of us are feeling a lot of at the moment in all of this uncertainty. And so to see that your immune system was more sensitive makes a lot of sense to me because of the impact on um, how cortisol 
alters our immune function, mm. makes us more more prone to that sort of allergic response. And also it puts stress on your liver. So in terms of metabolizing that wine, potentially you're going to be more sensitive. You know, sometimes you're, you're like, why did I, why have I got a hangover? I had only two glasses of wine. Usually mm. that's fine. Sometimes when we're under more stress, we, our body handles it completely differently because of how that has impacted your liver. I have actually taken the approach of just drinking cask wine. (laughs) (laughs) Reason being, you could just have one glass and that makes me feel like, okay, I'm, I'm having a glass of wine. It's the end of the day. I'm having it with my meal. I'm happy with that. And I don't feel obliged to drink half a bottle because, because it's open. Because it's open. Mm. It's actually Good strategy. You know, the cask, the cask is an underrated thing when it comes to, you know, having, yeah. So anyway. I like that you also mentioned off air, yeah. or whatever we call this, um, <laughs> that you had a cask of both red and white, I, one of each. Yeah, so you can yeah. choose. You can actually choose. <laughs> yeah. It's really good options. It's good to take control. It reminds me of a meme I saw that said, giving up drinking for six weeks. And then it said, hold on, correction, giving up, full stop, drinking for six weeks. <laughs> I, saw I saw that too. I saw that I thought, too. I love oh, commas and full stops. Totally, Brilliant. Totally. But I, I think though, I mean, that that's it's a bit of a funny example, I suppose, but it's given me a little bit of um, control over my environment and what I'm doing in what we're saying, like what you said before about um, very uncertain times. You know, mm. I mean, not that I went out often and drank lots of wine, except maybe sometimes after we recorded, we did seem to be at the, <laughs> anyway, We'd often giving end away. Up at lunch. That's right, having it's- a little lunch powwow afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like that's something that I have control over and, and I can go, okay, so I'm in my home, this is my environment and this is how I'm going to kind of proceed for the next little while and I've got that little bit of control. Do you think people are finding different ways to get some certainty, even if it's something very small in a very uncertain kind of world that we're in? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like the quickest way we can make ourselves feel better that so many of us go to is food. You know, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of, of comfort eating or stress eating going on for sure because it's like that gives me a sense of like I can feel okay right now in this moment mm-hmm. and it's but in some of these kind of coping mechanisms and I wouldn't judge anyone for, for leaning on those at the moment because, you know, we, we can't judge anyone. Like this is a, this is we got to do what we got to do but um, there can be a point where, um, yeah, we, there are certain things that we can do to to manage our emotions and what we're feeling in a in a more healthy way, mm. such as let, letting ourselves instead of eating a box of cookies to because you're feeling so anxious and sad and frustrated, actually just letting yourself feel sad and frustrated and anxious and and sitting in the fear. But that's so uncomfortable to do. It's much more comfortable to just sit on the couch with your cookies <laughs> or whatever. And I get that, but. Um, I really challenge anyone to go through a process of just sitting there doing, maybe you're trying to sit with a meditation, but focusing on the sensation of the emotion you're feeling and just letting yourself express it, letting yourself cry, letting yourself punch a pillow Mm. or do some journaling, write it all out, write all the frustrations, you know, I'm hating the world right now. I'm not enjoying this. This sucks. Like let yourself say that instead of everyone trying to plaster over some positivity. Like I think that can be great later on, but not when you're in the midst of emotion, you've got to be with it. You talked about uncertainty and you brought that up. And I would love to discuss that a little more because I feel like we really aren't 
thinking about the future. I feel like there's so much focus on the now, which is good, but what I'm, especially as a woman in business, this is one example, um, my team are very focused on now and I have to keep looking to what might be next. Mm. Um, And I wonder whether that's something that needs to start to be discussed because I know that that we don't know. There is uncertainty and we don't know what's going to happen. We never do. Right. But we can't live in limbo either. And, you know, you're still, I think it's still great to have a vision and something to work towards and goals. But I don't know that, I don't know that our minds are necessarily collectively doing that at the moment. I'd love to hear what you think about that. It's just what I'm noticing. Uh, and I'm so glad you brought it up because it's something that I've I've had my few days of like feeling that too, where I'm just like, I just don't, I don't know what I can plan for my future right now. It just feels like the vision I had, I kind of have to totally alter or whatever. But um, I think it, it's firstly, it's really normal to be feeling that because it's like, we got, we kind of feel like just what's going on. We cannot, we cannot predict. I can't know that I can, I don't know, go on a trip in um, over winter next year. Who knows if what the situation is going to be like. And I'm one of those people. I love knowing when my next adventure is. Mm. And that's sort of a way that I have for the last 29 years of my life structured my life. I always, well, not as a kid, but I always knew where my next like little thing was going to be. And we just don't know. So that's, that's a tricky thing to be in. Um, and then, of course, there's people who uh, have lost their jobs. There's people who don't know when they're going to be reemployed because their industry has completely changed um, in the space of a, a couple of months. But I would say in terms of trying to manage that that uncertainty um, and plan for that future, you can still set goals, you know, you mm. can, and I think it's actually really healthy to kind of look 12 months ahead or look 18 months ahead where we can safely assume our world is going to be functioning on some level better than it is now in the sense of some kind of travel resuming, some kind of um, those industries opening back up. I, I like to believe that that's, that's true. And to be honest, who cares if it's not? I'd rather sit here thinking right now in 12 months, this will be mm. like things will be virtually back to normal. We know that say countries like New Zealand are running basically as normal now um, just with not traveling. And so there's, there's sort of hope in sight in that sense. And I think that it serves us to let ourselves hope that, it, that there's this sense of normalcy that will return in, in various levels because if it doesn't, We'll deal with that when we get to it. Mm, but you okay. might as well just kind of act as if things are going to be okay. Things are going to be um, better than you thought because we classically our mind will tell us with anxiety that it's going to be so bad. It's, we've just got this vision of all this bad stuff coming, but likelihood is it's going to be better than you thought. Yeah. And the other thing I think when we, when we have no certainty over our circumstances, and we just like don't know what's going to happen in our life experience. Well, what can you be certain about? And one of the things you can be certain about are the things that you know about you and how you are going to respond, the way that you are going to show up in the world, the way that you are going to think. And so for myself, I look at, I, I know I'm resilient. I know that I naturally seek a positive outlook. I know that I'm motivated and um, I won't let life toss me around like I'll always bounce back from whatever comes my way and that's an identity I've chosen and I didn't I didn't just wait for other people to tell me that's who I am 
waited, I, I allowed myself to choose that. And so that's who I am. And that's where my certainty comes from. wonderful thing this morning um, was uh, some research done at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, I think, and they had done a survey with families about how they were feeling at the moment. And they said overwhelmingly people were very positive about Mm -hmm. spending more time with their family, spending more time with their children, being able to cook meals with their family, sit down for dinners every night. And so the kind of small things that were quite difficult to Uh, achieve on a daily basis when everyone was busy and rushing off to sport and going to all the things and working. They'd all been things that the people were aspiring to achieve but were failing and feeling bad about the fact that they were failing. And yet this time where they've been forced to actually be with their family has, has shown them that they could achieve those things. So I think it's, like you say, it's very easy to just get caught up in the anxiety of, oh, what's going to happen? I've got no control and it's going to be terrible. But if you stop and look at the small things, it's so cliched, but it's so true that there's really joy to be found all over the place and you can get caught up in the, uh, you know, the dirge of everything and God help you if you get stuck on Facebook or Twitter or something and just <laughs> go down that rabbit hole where there is an endless supply of, of people that want to be Debbie Downers. But if you actually, you know, go out onto your balcony, breathe the fresh air, you know, sniff, sniff the herbs that you've got growing or whatever, like there's really small things that can make you feel happy and surely they're the things you need to concentrate on right now. Mm. I think it's hard yeah. to have that perspective though when you're in that swell, right? And sometimes we need to hear things or, mm. or be reminded and That's have right. those constant but reminders. But they are little things that, that, you know, if you do think of that now and go, okay, well, I'm, I'm in that swirl of, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Whatever. You can't control that no, stuff. you can't but control that. you can go that. outside and... I realised over the weekend, I did have quite the meltdown come Mm. Saturday. I was like, this is really, I felt like the uncertainty. And I think what's important is to be able to recognise that we have these moments. Yeah. And I was saying on Insta stories yesterday, um, it's not that you don't have those moments. It's how can you get yourself out of them? Mm. Because it's human to have these feelings. And like you said, George, you've got to feel them. And I sat in bed for half of Saturday having a pity party because I was like, I just don't know what this means. Can I just give you one small piece of advice? Mm. You just have to remember two songs. D-Ream, things can only get better. (laughs) And Yaz, the only way is up. When you hit that ground bottom, you just <laughs> oh, think you, of those two. the music here from now? the 80s. The only way is up. Ooh, uh, what I wanted to say was um, I realised that when I, am, when I am in a mode where I'm creating something mm. and it gives me purpose, then I that's actually my best way of You're pulling myself yeah. out. I'm a doer, right? Yeah. Yes. But that's mm. my best way of pulling myself out of that. And yeah. so, you know, then I get up and I'm like, okay, what can I do. Same. What yep. can I create? Yep. What do I, it might be as small as tidying the kid's bedroom and I get on the groove and I'm loving it. And I actually, I did that. Um, but I, I know that when I can tap into my creativity, things get better and I focus on well, that. the things you can control again too, right? Correct. So yeah, it's good. Correct. It's just changing the, the, the headspace really, isn't it? Well, two things that came to me just as you were chatting. The first one is it's, I think it's important to remember when we're in that funk of anxiety is that actually we are designed to have a peak of increased stress, 
anxiety, fear, and then we adapt. So our bodies are designed to for, for this stress adaptation where eventually we adjust to the new normal. So back in mm. at the end of March, I think where everything started to really go down, everyone was way more panicked than they have been, I think, about the second lockdown that's happened in Melbourne. Mm. Um, and, you know, depending on where you are in the world listening to this, I think most of us are looking at some kind of a second lockdown or something happening with restrictions. And just understanding that that panic that was at the start of my, like that, that and the toilet paper hoarding, like, <laughs> yes, there was a bit of that yeah. again, mm. but not to the same level. So as a collective society, we watched as humanity went through their peak of stress and then we adapted. And so when you say, you know, people are talking at hospitals about how, you know, well, we love, we're, we're enjoying spending the time with our families. That's a beautiful example of how people have adapted to this, this environment and this new stress. And we have that, that resilience within us. We have that capability that's natural within us. Um, but yeah, being stuck in that, that anxiety loop is where some of us can, can, can be as well. And it can be hard to break out of that and know what the right thing is to do. I think it's interesting that how you were saying, if I can just like get myself focused on a task and feel mm. productive, I'll, I'll be much better. And that makes so much sense because one of our basic needs for our mental health is a sense of progress and growth. So that's, that's where you're getting out of it. And I think that's what the problem is with the even just the languaging around the idea of a lockdown. Mm. Like the, the, those words sound stagnant. Yeah. It's like nothing's going to happen now. And yeah. that's where I feel like if we can start to, you know, and, and, and stuck on that. even yeah. the languaging in the last few days in Melbourne, especially weddings, banned, socialising, banned. It's like, <laughs> no, it just feels very final. It feels very. It sounds very uh, commercial TV news. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, whatever. Mm, mm. Um, and, and that's right. That media hype and frenzy and. It's and incredible. It feeds yeah, the fears yeah. like nothing yeah. else. Um, and that's where I feel like a lot of the languaging that we, we, we focus on. And we, we see what we want to see. But it's isn't right. It? But it's funny you say that. I, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they said that you're allowed to go outside and exercise for an hour. And a friend of mine <laughs> said, Great, I'll do that now because I've been doing no exercise. But now I know that I can only go out for an hour. I can set myself an hour. And there I you thought, go. Isn't it funny how you can, you can flip it around? I just, yeah, I find some of these things quite funny because even if you're out on your second hour, you're really going to admit that you're on your second hour. Well, like, you're not, not going to do. I know that. Doing but what I'm thing. saying yes. is, I think it's particularly, well, and, and rules make us want to break rules sometimes too, don't they? So it's like, well, <laughs> been it's out for an, an hour and five, five. minutes. <laughs> well, that's, that's so interesting though, because it's turned exercise into freedom. As yes. opposed to most of us see, oh, there's this big thing about, oh, exercise. I don't want to, yes. that's a slog. That's a yes. chore I have to tick off. Now it's like, oh, exciting. I get to go out for Absolutely. an hour. Totally. And it makes that whole moving your body thing like a positive thing. The other thing, Nat and Cecilia, the fear-mongering of the Australian mm. media, I just want to like point to that for a moment and just say, anyone that's listening, please just like if you need some boundaries around the news, that like have a think Turn about that off, be, yeah. and you're getting lots of anxiety. Like it's not worth watching the daily updates of case numbers and things like that, that, you know, are just creating more fear, more anxiety. I've been chatting to some friends who are in the UK and apparently comparing to the, the media coverage in the UK, it's completely different in terms of the way that they mm. present the information and it's not the same kind of fear mongering. They'll be like, oh, we only had 700 cases yeah. today yes. and they're all celebrating. Imagine. And we, 
we are like, oh my God, we had 700 cases, mm-hmm. everyone locked down. This is a disaster. Yeah. I know we're running out of time. I just wonder if we could finish up by just asking Georgie, in your opinion, how is it that, that people can best manage their thoughts, do you think? I know we've given them yeah. some, some tools, but, you know, when, when they get to this place where everything feels like it's just too hard, if you mm. had to, you know, map out a couple of steps, like what mm. would that be? What, the, what would that look like? Yeah, I would say, I mean, firstly, when you're in that state of anxiety, it's important to find yourself a, a more neutral state. So that might be firstly going out for a walk or get, like giving yourself a bit of space in your head, um, lying down with your legs up the wall for 15 minutes and letting that blood flow go to your abdomen so that you trigger that rest and digest mode. And then then when you're in a bit more of a neutral state, so you can actually, because you cannot even receive the perspective or the, the new ideas when you're in the state of fear. No, so getting yourself to a neutral place where then you're actually able to receive this this new information i'd get out your journal Mm. and ask yourself what are the underlying thought sentences that are perpetuating the fear right now is it i feel trapped my life is on hold um people i love are gonna uh, are gonna die like i'm gonna die what what is the or i'm gonna lose my job or where's the money coming from like what are these actual sentences that trigger the anxiety in your mind and so many people are unaware of what those are and then the next step is to question whether that's actually true. Can you know that it's actually true? Can you actually know that that's going to happen? Yeah. And give yourself some evidence for why that's why that is true and also give yourself some evidence for why it's not true. And you start to see that any thought we think is neither true nor false. There's some neutrality there and we can actually start to then see, okay, actually, it's not more likely that the world's going to end than the world's going to continue. Like there's still <laughs> yeah. there's equal evidence for and against and yet we seem to weight it more in the world's going to end or life's going to be bad. And so we se- see that neutrality and then you can start from there to see that that perspective that serves you and choose what what actually serves me here because it's not not serving me to to keep feeling in this fear and you don't have to keep choosing those thoughts. Love it. That's really tangible advice. It's like, really I think good. It's, yes. I like the lying on your back with your legs yes. in the air. I um, I think you're right too about being able to recognise that that's what you're feeling is something that takes work. But when you can recognise it, it changes your life. I actually had a moment last week where I was homeschooling my children and some, I can't even remember what happened, but I just went outside and sat on a rock and went, <gasps> yeah. and because uh, my I could just feel the panic and the anxiety like reach fever pitch within me because nothing was going the way it was supposed to. And just sitting by myself for a few moments outside meant I could collect, yourself collect myself and yes. go back in and go, yeah. okay, all right, let's face this. It's like you say. The world's not going to end. It's going to be okay. We just got to get through the matter. Right. Absolutely, <laughs> Georgie. Where can our listeners find more of you and your work? Oh, thank you, Nat. So, um, at Georgie the Naturopath is my Instagram handle. Um, I also have a, my own podcast, the Anxiety Reset Podcast, and 
a program, Reset Your Anxious Mind in 90 Days, which is where we actually practice that whole thought work and getting to a place where you don't just remember it one day because you listen to a podcast, you actually start to integrate that into how you perceive the world and how you respond. Love it. Mm. Love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah, great to meet you. Mm. And I just want to mention, I noticed something on your Instagram that I loved. You had a little cartoon of a lady is planting pot plants and it says, plant your own garden instead of waiting for someone to bring you flowers. And I just love that. I thought, isn't that true? That I think for a lot of us, we sort of wait for the world to bring us what we're asking for when we can create it ourselves. We can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cecilia, I am a little bit upset that we've got no new reviews to read out oh, today. Gosh, people in lockdown, they've <laughs> got nothing better to do than just... <laughs> Write us some reviews on iTunes. Just give us some five stars love on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. (laughs) Um, But that's okay. We'll just sit patiently and wait maybe for somebody to um, to leave us some nice kind words. Yes, kindness is is, um, contagious, isn't it? Absolutely. So spread some our way. I don't know if it works if you ask for kindness though, does it? Yes, you can ask someone to be kind. I've been doing a lot of that lately. (laughs) You have. In heated discussions, I'm like, excuse me, could you just please be kind? It works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just because people don't realise. That- no, I don't think that they do, but that's okay. It's all about just mm. gentle reminders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just going to leave that there. Thank you, Georgie. <laughs> Thank you, Georgie. Thanks, guys. I'll be leaving you a review. Oh, yeah, oh, great. Oh, especially on this one. <laughs> that Georgie, she's great. I'm yeah. going to sign up to. <laughs> I know, so all right. Well, until next time. Yeah. Um, we hope that this podcast has left you feeling happier, healthier and better. 